0: Baker Mayfield, undraftable, off my board. The Cleveland Browns select Baker Mayfield. What a beautiful throw by the Baker. Big vista, baby! Welcome in, everybody, to your Friday edition of the OBR Film Breakdown. I'm joined... You know, which makes our friday special here by a good friend and you know I, I consider him a very good browns writer when he gets the time and um yeah the analyst writer and uh, many other things john colosimo what's up man
1: hey doing great man how you doing
0: i'm good i'm good i'm hanging in it is a weird night because i don't like the combine having all these prime time things on at uh you know, these big runs and we're all trying to pay attention to the wide receivers. We'll get there in a minute, but like, I'm trying to put my son to bed, get him bathed and put him to bed. And I'm like That's checking my phone, like an imbecile trying to figure out what Garrett Wilson jumped in the, in the broad jump and vertical. I'm like, this is, I'm just like terrible parenting 101. but I was just like, I, I guess I'm not accustomed to it. They didn't do the combine last year, John. So it's like, I just kind of forgot. They moved this thing to the primetime hours of the evening. So I don't know. I just, yeah, you know, I forgot. I
1: saw your, I saw your tweet on that and that just hit home because it's same time for me. You know, I imagine for a lot of parents out there. So it's just like, what? You know, there isn't a whole lot of combine that I was really wanting to kind of see or know in real time. Uh, but wide receivers, obviously um, pretty hot. So um, yeah, I was like, oof, yeah, that one hits home.
0: I got a follow-up to that, okay? Uh, A follow-up to that. What would you consider, and again, we're going to get deeper dive into these wideouts in a minute. What would you consider the most fun position to need in a draft, okay? Like, I really have fun with this. Okay, so for example, here's what I'm talking about. Two years ago, we knew they were going to take a tackle, right? Like, it was a foregone conclusion that the mesh of what they needed and what was going to be in the draft at the top end They're going to take a tackle. That was all about tackle. The year before was all about quarterback. Last year was pretty much there were other options. It was a little less conclusive than other years, but it felt like cornerback in the late first round was a good mesh. Somehow, I feel like we've been kind of going through these these ideas. Now, they could take a different position than wide receiver, but we're all. Focused in a wide receiver, I, I we haven't covered a lot of other positions here, but I'm just curious. Like in your opinion, is there one that you like to do more often than the others?
1: So I think my favorite for a high pick is defensive ends. The pass rushers okay. are, I think, a lot of fun. You get a lot of different flavors. Um, you know, so I think that's the most fun if I'm talking about a single. Um, you know, area of the draft, meaning the first round and specifically in the upper first rounds, gets a little weird when you get down uh, to the second half of the first round. But every year wide receiver is actually my favorite because there is, um, there's different flavors there, but also there's always guys that you can be somewhat excited about in almost every day of the draft, you know? So, um, day two, day three, um, it's still fun to find these good prospects. And, you know, if you pay attention all year, a lot of you guys that you'll fall in love with in the second and third end up moving up, you know, if they test well. And, and if you were right about, you know, some things early on, but, but still, you know, it seems like every year and every day of the draft, um, there are some wide receivers that I really like on the board. And so I think that makes wide receiver the most fun uh, of the position groups.
0: I'm in. A quarterback was miserable. Never want to go through Absolutely. that again. And we're way too close <laughs> to it to make it like, I'm just was, it, just, oh, it makes me sick thinking about it because I just remember how many times after 2018 and other times I'm like, Ooh, never have to do that again, at least for a decade. Right. And then, you know, stuff happens and maybe we'll still avoid it. I don't know, but quarterback was miserable. I thought offensive tackle is just not a fun study. It's just not right. a fun study. It's like important imperative. I get it. I understand, but like it was and Andrew Thomas and um you know who else what's his name Tristan Wirfs and there's all these guys you're studying and it's like man I just really don't love watching offensive line and uh you know corner is kind of fun too but so much of it is scheme dependent that you get uh so caught up in that wide receiver is in my opinion I'm glad you said it the way you did is downright my favorite just because It brings a lot of people into the conversation, even people who I think are clueless about it. They at least feel like they understand it, right? They have this notion (laughs) that they understand it. Most people don't have any idea about offensive line; they don't even formulate opinions. But you know, wide receiver, everybody watches the football and NFL uh, in the NFL, so they have an opinion on these wide receivers. So I like that it gets people involved. I'm really excited about uh, this draft and. And, and that was a, it was a cool night. It was a cool night watching all those guys go at it and, and, uh, put up some fun numbers. We'll see if those numbers hold. We're recording this at 10 20 on Thursday night and they haven't released agility or the official numbers for some of the second group guys. So we'll see if those crazy 40 numbers with the, I said the field in Indy must've been corked or something, you know, like yeah, juiced that's, up nuts, was, man. Was, but it's, maybe the good thing is, like, that fast you know, I don't
1: know. If, even if you talk about those, those wide receivers, um, and you bump those guys up, uh, you know, a tenth of a point, um, you still end up with a pretty great group in terms of
0: speed. Agreed. You know, if a guy goes from a four two six to a four three three, not bad. Guy goes from a three four three seven to a four one or four four one or four two. It's like, okay, that guy's fast. I'm good. I get it, you know. So um wanted to cover that. We got one thing before we actually dive in on the wide receiver specific actually two things. I saw we were talking off air and I wanted to include this somewhere in my placement of this statement sucks, John. So apologies you guys listening, okay. but they're remaking white men can't jump. Like can, can can we, can we just not remake everything? I, there was a time where they started to dip their toe into remaking a lot of things that were already out and done well, who had no business being remade or, or a second movie for that movie. And I was like, I think they'll eventually find a sweet spot and stop this nonsense. It's getting worse. I, I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not here to say that Jack Harlow, the rapper young man can't do it because I've seen, people who I thought had no business. And and when the first impression popped in my head, I was like, they have no business trying to go in and act uh, and do this role. And they were actually pretty good. So maybe he has the ability to do it, but like, what's the desire? What's the desire to do this, this movie? I'm so confused.
1: I think it's just, uh, it's this low risk mentality that nobody wants to take a bet on, on something that's not already familiar. I mean, I just saw it today. I ran into it completely randomly because I have not been on social media much. Uh, But it was just one of those random things I ran into today, and I was like offended. (laughs) You know, it's like, what? You got Snipes, you got Harrelson. What are you going to do with that movie? How, why would you even want to redo it? Like, I don't, I really don't get it. And I haven't read anything about if they're going to take if they're going to just try and redo it the same way or if they have some new take on it, but now nah, it seems like, I mean, maybe, you know, kids, I think now none of them probably seen it. So I guess that's, that's there. And, you know, maybe the parents will take them. I don't know what the thinking is. I just think it's laziness and uh, a adverse, uh or uh, being averse to risk. I don't know. That's, still, I don't, that's I, don't either.
0: I don't either. I have no idea. I have no idea why they're doing it. You know, I, how far off are we from a replacements second replacements movie? You know, remaking that. <laughs> I mean, it's like where are we? I don't know. It's kind of nitpicky. You're getting right? so much
1: closer, though, right? Unless yeah, I'm just yeah. like that old. But you know, like think about they, they redid uh, longest yard, right? That was that was pretty long. That was long, yeah. a lot longer yeah. than this, right? I thought yeah. that was like forty years or something like that.
0: Yeah, they're essentially uh, remaking is... the Dark Knight right now. I mean, the Pattinson movie is of the same old, right? Do?
1: What, what are you doing?
0: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm going to be pumped about Batman. I haven't gone. I'm not going to go this weekend, but next weekend. So you know, I, I like. But this is the same type of angle that Nolan took, right? It might be even a little darker, cool. But this I is think the I think I saw a good Nolan tweet
1: took. about that the other day, where it was like, we're we're in a loop of getting consistently darker Batmans until we're all just dead or something yes. like that.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's uh, I don't know the Aflac version. I, don't know. I don't know. The yeah. athletic version of like anything. I, 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 I'll, I'll say it just over let him make moment. films. To, let uh, him make films. He's actually decent at making them. They just they, yes, some of the roles. Yeah. But, Other than
1: that, as far as acting outside of Goodwill Hunting, I still always mm-hmm. say that the best uh, scene he ever did is when uh, he gets shot on the side of the road and smoking aces, and <laughs> the one guy is like messing with his lips. I was oh, just in dude. the wrong place at the wrong time. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's actually a really good call out. Haven't heard that one in a long time. I I did like him in Gone Girl. Give him some credit there, but like, yeah, that was a role where that was a role where he was playing like an emotionless kind of psychopath. At the same time, he wasn't the true psychopath of the movie, but he was like a role that he was suppressing emotion, right? Because he didn't really care about the woman, so he's not really acting that well. (laughs) He's just being himself. So (laughs) anyway. (laughs) I'm with you. His range is not that of Damon or some of the others yeah. of his era here. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know when, I don't know when it stops. Don't know when it stops. I'm tired of some of these remakes, but the, to the Batman point, like I'll like it. I'm sure I'll love it. It's reviewing. Well, I can, I can tolerate any Batman that's made well, but it's hard, man. When you, you and me have gone on this a little bit, but the Nolan trilogy is like, it's the peak. It changed everything. The, the O five 5 begins and we didn't talk about this off air. So this is truly just me bringing a topic at you without any prep, but like the Nolan era, I was watching a documentary. There's this documentary on YouTube of of, of behind the scenes of the whole trilogy. And it's so good. I don't know if you've seen it or anyone else out there has. I'll try to, to, I'll pay. It's like an hour and 16 minutes. And it's just like all these different angles on the casting and the, and the, and the, and the, and the, the live sets they built to try to keep things out of CGI as best they could. And like, it's bananas all this stuff about the film i didn't know and like it's nolan it's it's a bunch of different important people but like batman begins changed it all and you forget a world in which nolan was pitching this movie as being not the 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 toy store batman type of movie right where they're they're selling all these toys to play with and all that stuff and it was a hard sell and christian bale was great but we didn't know it was christian bale yet and it's like the movie was not quite as easy as a sale, a sell as you think. And like taking that into a real world, the way they did launched everything Marvel did off of it, you know, cause oh, I would consider that the Sp- the Spider-Man stuff was still even Sam Raimi, Spider-Man, which those came out before it were, it was better. It wasn't corny. Arnold Schwarzenegger as the freeze, Mr. Freeze. Like <laughs> it wasn't that, but it wasn't rooted in this, this brooding, like real life, dark, angle and i think they changed i think they changed everything Nolan changed everything not that Nolan hasn't changed a lot of things in film but that, that trilogy is so it's just like a part of i mean i remember where i was when i saw the first one i remember where i was in college when i saw the dark knight and i remember being in the theater in 11 when rises was made it just was there was it like a coming of age for me you know getting into all that stuff
1: I got a funny personal story about that that uh, I'm sure you do not know. I, I don't know how many people I've even told this to, but uh, about to tell
0: you know, a lot
1: right now. <laughs> I'm telling you the the Bane uh, Batman series in comics that was like a special edition. Um, you know, uh, one it was like wrapped in plastic. I was like maybe got probably twelve years old. I remember I stole this comic from a convenience store by putting it under my shirt and it's hard to do because it was wrapped in plastic and so (laughs) you had to try and be they did that to try and prevent kids from stealing these things that's the point that's just a completely random story but i i completely remember that one that was where bane breaks his back it was a a very hyped up comic at the time
0: i dig that man i wish i would have gotten into comics when i was younger retrospect i would know so much more about the things that movies are being made of now because then you'll talk to somebody who's into the comics well before the movies are made and you're like yeah i heard this he's like yeah dude that's in the comics man that's totally known <laughs> oh, okay yeah okay. i was
1: like 50 50 like i wasn't like crazy like i had a bunch but i think uh i was just the right amount to you know not be you know doing the book versus the movie thing with uh mm-hmm. with comic books so i'm pretty happy with my level of comic involvement it's just about the right amount
0: Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com, BlueNile.com. Well, by the time next week comes around, I don't know if you'll get a chance to go see it. I'm going to see it that Friday night, so we won't have a chance to yuck it up about it yet. But the following Friday, we will. So full transparency, if you're a spoiler person. John and I will talk about Batman, not this next Friday, but the following one. So be prepared. And anyway. a
1: date night on Saturday, but yeah, I don't dude. think the wife is uh, is gonna.
0: Bite. She, doesn't, she doesn't want to spend it in the movie theater.
1: after <laughs> <laughs> no, Batman.
0: I've got a theory too, dude, and I'm gonna throw this one out. Maybe people will get grumpy with me, but this is my theory. I don't care if I go eat the single biggest meal before a movie. It could be huge, three course. I'm getting popcorn. I don't care, <laughs> oh, yeah. bro. Oh, yeah. I'm getting I'm getting popcorn. I'm getting a soda. And I, like I said, I don't care if I eat the most ridiculous amount of food before it, the The movie theater for me, like I've tried to take things in, you know, like bring from home some healthier snacks. And I'm like, this just is gross. I cannot stand what I'm doing right now. I've tried to take in water. This is me being healthy on public right now, but like, I can't do it. I need the fountain soda and I need a popcorn, some butter. So my mom you know, would
1: send people to the theater just to get her the popcorn and, and leave.
0: That's uh, another level. That's actually <laughs> yeah. fascinating. How are they we, getting in? You have to get a ticket to go in.
1: You got to convince them. You got to convince them to let you in to just buy oh popcorn. God. I don't know how she did it, but we used to go like every week. Now we were broke though. Uh, my mom was single at the time. We were broke. Um, so we would go to Parma theater up here in Parma. they, It was two dollars to go see the movies there because they would get them like a month later than Mm -hmm. all the other theaters so uh i went to i mean just countless movies with my mom
0: that's funny i love it man i love the movie theater it's one of my favorite things in life to go watch a movie get lost and lose a couple hours of your normal life on a big screen so i'm into it always have been and sometimes i these days i go alone I don't, I don't mind. My wife doesn't love to watch things that are overly serious or dark. And, uh, you know, things that make society, put you in a place in society that's worse than it is today, which has been a rough two years. So yeah, I've seen quite a few movies alone, and I'm going to suggest it. It's pretty nice. No one eats your popcorn. No one drinks I your soda, it. man. So anyway, let's talk to these wide receivers. Total transition. Actually, before that, real quick, the Stefanski Barry Pressers. I'm not even sure if you spent time with them. I would urge you to not. I would just say, don't they, I skipped it because I knew, <laughs> dude, this is the thing people get bent out of shape and they got bent out of shape all year with Kevin Stefanski's, uh, press conferences, right? Like, uh, he doesn't say he doesn't, he doesn't crack inside what's going Okay. we life's about expectations. John I say this a lot. You know, if a person tells you who they are, how they're going to be, how they're going to behave, you generally trust them. It's who they are. Stefanski is, never going to pin blame on one person. He's not going to overreact. He's not going to give you something that lets you spin it in a way that crushes a player on his roster. No matter if it's the most obvious blame in the world he will not do it expecting him to do it or open up about a player or put blame on somebody for the offense or call out his offensive coordinator uh, for not doing enough or whatever he won't do it he's never going to do it so why do you keep expecting him to do it with Andrew Berry, he's not gonna give away anything about their draft strategy, about how they use GPS data, about their approach in the he literally called them an expansion team, which is hilarious way to approach it because people are like, whoa, that's a great come on, dude. No, he's not doing that. He's literally looking at the team and they're going to draft according to what they need. It's not that you're, he's just giving you answers to keep everything as vanilla as possible. They don't want to give anything away. And why would you want your coach to blame players and create dissension? Why would you want your GM to give away draft strategy or give away free agent targets? Like, what are you doing? How can you not expect it? And Why would you want, if that coach was like that, I wouldn't want him. If the GM was doing that, I wouldn't want him to be the GM. Like, what's, what, what do you think? What's your thought process there? They're not going to do that for you. Why would they? What's to be gained, John? What's to be gained by giving those things away or passing off blame? Like, be real, man. Come on.
1: You know, with Stefanski, it's almost a little bit of that addiction to drama that plays into it. Not only would you not want the things that they're kind of asking for, um, you know, out of Kevin Stefanski, it's it's kind of his superpower. You know, just appreciate it for what it is. Appreciate the good qualities, you know? I mean, he's like the Captain America of, of superheroes. He may be boring, all right? But you learn to appreciate what he's good at. And you know, it's Kevin Stefanski, it's good that he doesn't lose his cool. It's good that he is not screaming like a maniac at rest. It's good that he is not throwing players under the bus. You um, know, I know that this is a tough year to come off of this, you know, having had the uh, the drama that we had in the, in the locker room, but but realistically, you know he's he's done well in the past. you know, Stefan Diggs would be a, a good example of, you know pulling things together in the locker room. We had some extenuating circumstances in here. And I think over the long haul, He's gonna shut a lot of people up, and I don't think it's gonna be that long before he starts to turn that narrative, but don't ask him to be who he's not and just you know,
0: and don't it's expect just, otherwise. It, don't expect otherwise. It's the silliest notion to me. I just don't know like the thing is, these guys aren't gonna give anything away, but do you know when they do give things away? Is the post action press conferences? If you, the most fascinating draft season conversations they have are after they have made a pick, people don't even care. Those they give you, they give you everything they Uh, were thinking. They they give you everything they were thinking, everything about the prospect, a lot about the philosophy. And then you just, Hey, here's a notion, just apply it year after year. And you're going to figure it out. You don't even have to ask those questions instead of asking Kevin Stefanski, if he's going to call plays, you know, he's going to call plays. Why not? Go a little deeper and ask him. Hey, I noticed that AVP's you now your OC uh, Baker's got a, a different quarterback coach in Petzick. Like, are they going to switch back the footwork? Is he going to go back to right foot forward now with AVP not involved in his day to day? Like, can can we can we figure some things out that we know he will answer in a way that does provide some insight without crushing a player or putting blame off or or what? Ha-? Like, it's just amazing to me the thought process of these where you think he's going to Hugh Jackson or Freddie kitchens up a press conference when he's just continued to prove that he won't do that. He's way these guys. And I'm really not trying to be mean. They're smarter than everybody in the room and whether the results bear that out because of whatever circumstances happen. Like you think, you know, a lot about football sit down with Kevin and he'll laugh you out of the room. He knows more than you. He may not make the decision that you think leads to the best outcome and the outcome might not be what you want it to be. But among like your thought process as a, as a person following the team and me included here, um, his His knowledge and understanding goes way beyond what you think it does because he doesn't open up to you at a press conference. And the same for Andrew Barry, like just like what are what you gotta look at it from their perspective. And it's the same with these people who talk about having inside information sometimes from the browns specifically. What is to be gained? What is to be gained from doing that? There's nothing like the negatives so outweigh the positives it's it's downright laughable. So like why would why would the, the 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 Browns who have been the tightest the tightest knit front office group we've seen here have given out information from their side about what their practices are going to be in free agency this year. What what like what? What 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 is to be gained by that? Like I'm reading a lot of things from major outlets here in Cleveland and I'm like I think what you're doing is talking to agents and getting an opinion from an agent and then running with it. That's what you're doing. And that is a dangerous operation as a means to justify the actual decision making thought process of the Browns. This is different. They're not operating in a way in which you were used to. They're just going to do the things they do. Nobody saw the Conklin deal come in. I didn't see a single person with any insight on that before it just happened. You're not going to know. You're not going to know. But what you can do is get the, the angles they take. Who do they cut? Why do they cut them? How old are the prospects they're drafting? What traits about linebackers are they looking for? They've talked about Anthony Schwartz in a certain way at wide receiver. Go back and read the quotes around the wide receiver decision last year. That's the stuff. That's the stuff. So, oh,
1: absolutely, no. The, yeah. And you know, I had some coworkers, um, some coworkers. know I, I write once in a while, so I get a lot of people coming up to me with questions sometimes. Mm. And, uh, mm-hmm. One of the ones that somebody asked today would you know, what do we think about free agency? And I said, you got to wait, wait till, wait till they're done with their own free agents. Like that's a bare minimum. Wait till they're done with their own free agents, then assess what you got there. The only other thing, and I, I can't remember where we got this. And I think it was from a podcast. It was an, obs- uh, I, I think it was a, an odd one. Um, I can't recall exactly which one, but got a quote on AB about how, he views the the offseason and um, you know I always looked at it as like a you know pieces of a whole Um, that's how I had always considered the offseason that's not how AB looks at it he looks at it as the the free agency and re-signing your own players all of that is kind of near term um, this year next year type stuff and the draft is like this wholly separate thing where he is always he says he's always going to treat it as a very long-term thing not even just the first contract but into uh, who they're going to want to re-sign to a second deal Mm -hmm. it's not always going to be this thing where he's just gonna you know attack this draft with whatever he needs this year and i think you're going to be disappointed if that's what you're expecting and just like to i You know, just to belabor your point, I think that you crushed it on like I'm telling you, you absolutely do get the most information you'll ever get about their thought process. When they do these post draft interviews, they'll do them uh, right after the picks and then CBD will have them, uh, you know, during the week afterwards with the position coaches and those kind of things you get. That's where you get a trove of information and you're never going to get it anywhere else.
0: Yeah, you're going into these 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 big scheduled combine or right after the season, the GM talks like you ain't getting anything, man. You ain't getting no. it. It's not that's a you problem. That that's pregame, pre-game. your issue there. Bingo, bingo, man, yeah. spot on. Like that's a you problem. Your expectations are off. So, um, you know, a little perspective from people would be nice. About I know this would be really good for a story I'm writing, but hey, what's what what does what does he gain? What do the Browns gain from? giving that information away so anyway um the combine was tonight a lot of fast times i don't want to spend too much crazy time here john because i don't know man i like a lot of these guys and i'm really not i'm going to write them up at some point just my thoughts on them but i don't i don't quite frankly excuse my language i don't give a shit go whatever way you want to go i think there's an immense amount of stuff we can learn about what the browns think they need based on the different flavors of wide receiver that are out there the speed guys the Olave's, the the uh, Jahan Dotson types that can run away from people down the field. Or if you're into Garrett Wilson, because he can do a little bit more in terms of separation at different levels of the field and create after catch or Drake London's a big slot and outside guy who can, who can create yak and and do some fun things at the contested catch point that fits well with Baker or Traylon Burks is, you know, a uh, popular Debo Samuel comp in terms of uh, functionality, right. Of, of things you can do, be creative and fun with him. So it's just to me, like pick your dudes and tell us why I just don't really care. All I know is that I like the talent in this group. And tonight the runs, man, like the four, two, six from Alave was fun. And, and that's, uh, it's a good group. And it's a nice mesh again, of what I talked about earlier with you, where it's like tackle was the need then corner was the need. And, you know, and quarterback was the year before, I think, right No, or two years before, Uh, that was the Odell trade in 19, but they, they definitely were going to get a corner at some point in that draft that, 19 draft and they did with greedy so you know we've had an idea right what they're what they're looking at and and wide receiver is a valuable position so uh, according to you know the people who trust data for a living and that's what the browns have a lot of people to do that i fully expect it they could go edge i fully expect a, a wide receiver though and i like the group i just want your thoughts on the group as a whole and i don't know if you're angling if you're not like me and you're angling for someone specific feel free to share that too
1: yeah, no, I, I think that there's just like every year there's there's gonna be guys that we can target. I think I need to see the agility, um, I need to see the adri- agility drills to kind of fine tune some things, and then I'll end up separating things into, you know, in rounds or or days. Um, but you know, one thing you can say is that when they've had a need, and and I think everybody can say that there's a there's a bad need for explosive playmakers on this, you know, maybe in the same realm or maybe even worse in today's NFL as the tackle issue that we had and the D B issue that we had. You know, uh right now we've got, you know, they'll they attack these things aggressively. I mean over the and that is a whole off season type deal. They will attack it aggressively in free if they think they have a serious problem there, they will attack it in free agency, in the draft. Um and so I do expect that kind of approach in the receiver position, uh, whether they, you know, I'm sure they'll, they'll get another tight end. You know, I, I expect one of those too, but I think that the lack of explosiveness, see, I would be shocked if we're sitting here, you know, two months from now and they have not drastically improved that.
0: Agreed. You know, the approach to how they do it will be interesting with, with a uh, free agency. And, and some of those things, there's there's just a lot of I do a lot of predicting <laughs> throughout this off season, And I try to because that's what people love. They love to give us who you think. What do you think? What do you think? And I mock shows during the week and a bunch of other things. And I'll pick them. But, man, it's not like I got my rankings and I'm telling like if they don't pick this guy, if they don't pick Burks here. I'm telling you, I'm out or I'm pissed or I'm, whatever, man. Like,
1: yeah, you got to yeah. have a handful, right? Like if you yeah. you know, you should have, I think, a decent group. If you want a wide receiver, you should have a couple of guys in each round that fit the bill and you won't be so disappointed as if you get locked into, it must be this guy or it can't be anybody, you know, or, you know, or I'm going to be disappointed or whatever. So, um, you know, I I really just kind of, at these days, I used to, I used to get a lot more, I used to predict a lot more early. Now I really like to see, you know, what this thing looks like after free agency before I really start to dial in on what I think the Browns, you know, um, what prospects look good, what positions look good at what places. So, uh, you know, it's not a fun answer, but I'm going to wait it out.
0: Yeah. Before doing all the stuff that we do before free agency and and testing numbers come in is like hot air, it means nothing. Like you don't have, you can get names and understand names and and some of the angles that you would take, but you got to get the decisions that surround the cap and the decisions that yeah. about you got to see all the birthday ages to match up what they traditionally do with a lot of those spots and a whole bunch of other things tied to I, testing and the types of athletes too.
1: I will say like, I, you know, like I, and I know you and, and Steven beat it to death, just, you know, just the same. But I think that what you can do is like you can start to count on only premium positions being taken in the first round, especially in the top half of the first round. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and obviously, use those age guard rails and you know, uh, trim up those lists, and just don't don't expect those are those are a couple of things that you can count on. But um, yeah, I mean, tackle, wide receiver, quarterback, cornerback, um, you know, defensive end. I don't I don't think I ever expect unless there's just some some kind of an insane prospect at some other position like a. I mean, a truly gen, I don't mean like the generational that you hear every year. I mean, like, it would take a super exceptional player for me to ever expect somebody that's not in that group of positions, the premium positions in the NFL, to ever be taken in, say, the 13th pick. So go ahead and just, I don't care. I don't even care what the needs are. I think you can just chop those other positions off because it ain't going to happen.
0: Yep, there's definitely tightening up. We can do. We're a couple of weeks off from free agency, where the big decisions are made. But tonight's testing, especially for wide receivers, as the official things come out, I'm actually seeing that Olave's official time now has moved to four three nine, which is a significant what? drop. Still very fast, but not four two six. I'm a, I'm going to look around. I mean, I'm I'm sorry I don't have this live for us guys. I don't have those numbers, but um, it looks like Wilson was actually four three eight, and Olave was four three nine. I can't believe so that. Even just watching huge, it, that shocks me. Huge, 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 huge thing there. That's wild. It's four three six for Christian Watson. So that's interesting. So so Wilson actually runs better. That's a bit a bit of a surprise. Uh, not not a huge surprise. Um, uh, but but still, people thought Olave would run better. Um, that's interesting. I think, anyway, I thought it looked
1: like it. I mean, I thought that run looked extremely fast. I did too. Uh, that's that's just wild. I wonder if they don't adjust that again, or if if that's true, he'll run again at Ohio State. And I'm sure, but that that I I don't know the last time I saw a uh, an adjustment that large.
0: I don't either. Four four one for Sky Moore is another name that people are paying attention to. He ran a four three nine. I haven't seen any other numbers. The the kid from Baylor, Tyquan Thornton, ran a four two eight, not a four two one. So the record's still intact. But that's a a lot of know, thirteen point one three drop is pretty big, pretty big. Um, so anyway, we'll continue to cover wide receivers, man. John, this was a fun Friday night, bro. Really appreciate you as usual, dude. Yeah, hey, absolutely. Well, it's, Thursday, man. it's Thursday night, Friday for people listening. I'm an idiot, so nonetheless long week,
1: man. Have a good weekend.
0: (laughs) You too, man. You too. Thanks to you. Thanks to you guys out there for listening. Appreciate you spending your Friday with us. Or if you're listening to this over the weekend, I always look forward to chatting with John, uh, as I always say, because it's just uh, it's a different type of show, different type of feel and a nice little stress reliever for both of us, I think late in the week. So thanks for checking out OBR content this week. I made a promise about JOK's film up yesterday. Work got crazy. Life happened. I, I swear on my, Computers in front of me that it's going to get done tonight, and you'll have everything you want to know about JOK's rookie season in front of you at the OBR tomorrow. Thanks for supporting us, podcast, website, Twitch, whatever you do, means the world to us over at the OBR. Take advantage of that Paramount Plus deal. Keep talking about it Nine ninety nine Subscription to not only o- the OBR, get your Paramount Plus subscription, You're probably already paying for, it. and you get uh, access to all of 247's college network stuff too. So it's all out there for you to find. Anyway. Appreciate it again. Have a great Friday, great weekend. Stay safe, be well, and go Browns.